Hello, welcome to Toffee TV. This is the Toffee TV Everton podcast. Another edition of the Nedcam podcast. Cameron is in the studio once again for the podcast. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm not not too bad. A better weekend than last weekend, so um, yeah, we can say that. How yeah. are you, mate? I'm feeling optimistic. Obviously, last <laughs> week we were very disappointed with the with the Villa results, and it's funny how after one one loss we were well, not one loss, but we've been <laughs> so consistently bad at all in the season. But it's funny after the Villa game we were like, yeah, Europe's gone now. It's it's what's the point? We've 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 created our own doom ourselves, yeah. and yeah. it's all we've got. Only got ourselves to blame. But then it's funny after our one weekend, Tottenham drop points, um, Villa drop points, so we got away from them as well. Villa lost Ollie Watkins. Yeah, uh, I know Liverpool got points, but we're still only two points behind them. Um, and then we go and get a win at West Ham, which was which was we knew before <laughs> the game it was massive. Yeah, and obviously we sat in for we're not feeling too confident. But you still always have that sort of little inkling in your mind that you that you might go nick a win, which we did, and it's it's funny how it just completely gave us this whole new look look on a, on your on European success, whether we can get there or not. And I suppose whether we do, we'll be down to I suppose our, our really good away record, which is only City's got a, a better away record than us, can be either the reason we get Europe or the reason we don't get Europe is down to our. Our our home form or home record all season to be honest, but it's funny how after one weekend our hopes and mood on on where we finish has completely changed. I thought we finished one ten after Villa to be honest, but obviously now I I I think we can. It's it's down to if we can get three wins, then it it it's looking good because the other fixtures the the other teams facing are, are tough fixtures. Obviously Tottenham's got some interesting fixtures and they've got less games than us. Um, and I, I, I know I see City as a, as a free hit, but <coughs> even so, I, I, I think we've got a real good chance. But uh, we've had so many good chances this yeah. season, and we've blew him. So I'm not saying we are going to get Europe, but it, it, I'm feeling optimistic. Yeah, they, they drag you back in, don't they? Just when you think, yeah, you're yeah. done, the season's done, we've lost another game, we've lost another home game, you go away to West Ham. And what was not only a massive game, because West Ham are, are doing really well at the moment and have had a really good season, but also a massive game in terms of the league table and where West Ham are. I think that game puts us, you know, that win puts us three points behind them with obviously still the game in hand on Thursday against Villa and... Like you said, it gives us that bit of optimism again. And just when we all sat here last week and said, no, that Villa defeat, that's it. Now, you know, we won't finish in Europe. Other teams will pick up points. We won't. We turn up at West Ham. And I suppose we shouldn't have really been that surprised because, that you know, yeah. the performance was what Everton have done all season away from home, certainly against the better teams. And that's go in, there. In London, yeah. In London, well. yeah. You know, we've only lost once in London, five wins. Mm. I think we've won more in London away from home than the London teams have won away from Eddie home in the London. Big six, big six as well. Yeah, because we, you know, we, we've turned up and we adopt this style and this tactic which is so, so difficult to play against and it's just to purely frustrate teams. Obviously, we went with the five at the back. It was a four at the back at times, but it was a five at the back for, for most of the game with Godfrey, Meenan and Keane at, uh, in the uh, in the centre-back partnership. We had Alan and Tom Davis in the midfield for the first time in a while who were absolutely excellent. Tom Davis pretty much solidifying his position there for me. It shouldn't be any other partnership now other than when Amdalite Decore comes in, Tom has to play the remaining four games of the season. Um, and yet, we we battled, didn't it? We made it horrible for West Ham. We fought. We, you know, we dug deep. We, you know, we made it difficult for them. We hit them on the counter attack. We took our chance fantastically by Dominic Calvert Lewin, and now we're all roped back into believing we're going to finish in Europe now. Why? I was going to ask, do you think 
we don't. We don't play the way we play away at home. <coughs> no. Why don't why don't we play that way at home? And why do you think the players can't obviously it seems like we're a different team away. we you know, we're well drilled, we we work hard, we we are a really good defensive side and um and it plays off so well away. But why do you think we'd sort of lose our our heads a bit at home. Do you think it's because we play a different style of play, or why, why do we play a different style of play at home? It's it's been difficult. It's it's a question that obviously everybody's you know had all season. Why can we go away to Anfield and win but lose to Fulham at Goodison? Why can we go away mm. to Arsenal and win but lose to Burnley? At, you know why can we go away to West Ham and win but lose to Villa? I think purely you know just over the last few weeks or so having a look at it, I think it's a case of when we go away from home we sort of allow teams to have the ball and we are happy to play that sort of sit back, let them come at us, defend, defend, defend and then hit them on the counter-attack. Whereas at Goodison, teams adopt that sort of style with us. This isn't, the way Everton play away from home isn't, mm. it's not something that is just, you know, exclusive to Everton. A lot of teams have done this this season when they go away from home and that's why a lot of teams have got much better away records than they have home records yeah. because they go away and they say to the opposition, right, you have the ball and we'll, you come at us, we'll defend and we'll hit you on the break and Everton have got the quality to do that whereas at home when the onus is on us and when teams say go on you have the ball you break us down I just think we lack that little bit of probably intelligence maybe quality to break teams down in in that way so well that was that was the same problem with them across the park they, they went three years unbeaten at home in the, yeah. in the league at least and then they lost six on the bounce didn't they because yeah. they and if you look at the um, the goals they scored at home they were, they were getting beat 1-0 2-0 yeah. at home because, yeah. because they couldn't break teams down at home which is I suppose, like, if you look at the West Ham game on the weekend, we got. They were, I've seen a lot of West Ham fans second <laughs> the mix saying, oh, part Stoke. Of, part of the oh, bus FC, yeah. yeah. P, uh, Carlo Pulis have seen him. Take it. But if you, if you look back at New Year's, was it New Year's <coughs> Day? Yeah. West Ham at Goodison. Yeah. That's exactly the what they, they did to so us. We couldn't break them down. We saw quite a bit of the ball. And <laughs> if you, I mean, we don't have to look at the stats from, from the weekend. West Ham had 68% possession yeah. and with zero shots on target. That's it. I was going to say it can't be parked the bus FC if the opposition team doesn't have a shot on target. If, if they have three, exactly. Yeah. If they'd have had twenty shots on target and Jordan Pickford makes fifteen unbelievable saves, then I'd have probably said, you know what? Yeah, we sat back a little bit there and that. But they didn't have any other than the two hairy moments with the Ben Rama header and the um, yeah. the Jared Bowen shot it in the post. They had nothing throughout the rest of the game, so it's not like they come forward and, and attacked us in numbers. They didn't really have much at all. So this is it's the way Everton play away from home and, and we've been very successful at doing it. And I get that the home form is again ultimately, you know, if we finish in Europe, great, brilliant. But the home form is still going to be something at the end of the season that we sit here and we say, if it was better, who knows where we could have been. For example, if we'd have won all of those games, not taking away your Chelsea away, take away your your city at home, take away your United at home. If we'd have just beaten your Fulham's, your Burnleys, your but Leeds. What won the league? <laughs> Well, we'd have, we'd have been we'd, up there. We'd have, we'd, been, have been, we'd have been second. We'd have been second been. behind City comfortably. So with the Champions League would have been done. It would have been solidified. would have been in there. But we haven't. it's those games that we haven't won. So we're still going to look back at the end of the season and go, our home form hasn't been good enough. But we've given ourselves, now I feel, one last chance. We can't afford now. We lose to Sheffield United at the weekend at home or even to Villa away on Thursday. It's not like we can say, well, if we win, if we beat 
you know, if we beat Wolves or if we beat Sheffield United, we're right back in it. This is last chance saloon now for Everton. We can't afford to go yeah. and drop points again. For me, we've got four games left. We've got Villa away, which we should be winning because we know away from home we're a much different team than we are at home. They're without Ollie Watkins now. Even if Jack Grealish is back, he's only just coming back, so he's not going to be anywhere near match fitness. Not, not to say he's still not a quality yeah, player. Yeah. Then we've got Sheffield United. At home, which has got to be a win. They've won one away game all season, drawn one, lost 15, I think. So if you don't beat them, then we shouldn't be even thinking about Europe. And then you've got Wolves at Goodison, which is the last home game in front of, what, five, 6,000 Evertonians. Um, yeah. And Wolves have had a bad season as well. Win all three of them. And we go into City on the last day of the season, and you're sort of thinking, it's hopefully, hit, hopefully it? it's a bit of a free hit. Hopefully we've already, we're, we're already in Europe at that point in some form. But those three are absolute must win it's it, it, it is because if you look at Tottenham's fixtures I think they've got <coughs> Villa at home yeah um, Leicester on the last day yeah well, Leicester, the Leicester <laughs> on the last day is a, is a big <laughs> game obviously Bats were saying to us yesterday that they'll have to because Leicester's got United away and Liverpool yeah. away I think they if they want Champions League that's a must win for them <laughs> yeah and I think we'd, we'd, we've got one more fixture to play um, we've got a game in hand over Tottenham yeah and we're, I think we're a point behind and two points behind Liverpool so <laughs> the, the opportunity is there but it is it is must three. It is, it is three must win games, um, but hopefully that I'm feeling confident that Villa can get. I know it's at Villa Park, but I'm I'm feeling confident that they can get a point against Tottenham. Um, with the are a good side, Villa, uh, especially at home. That was the thing with West Ham as well. West Ham have been a such a good team all season, and then they had a chance to go in the Champions League, and I think that really had to win um, the game on the on the weekend, and they've. They sort of not let themselves down because I, I thought we were a really good team. But West Ham have been a team that's been so good at home all season, yeah. so solid. And to go in and um, get three points there was, was a massive game for us. So I'm, I'm very pleased. What what did you what did you make of the um, of the situation with the strikers up up front? Just wanted to touch on why do you think? Obviously, they had such a good season last season, <coughs> and the goal return was pretty good between them. They played pretty well together. Obviously, Rich Allen's a split striker, but. I think they didn't have a great. Obviously, Dom had a, had a good game. I think Richarlison was good in the first <coughs> half, but they don't. They, are, they haven't been certainly over the last few games. I think with Richarlison especially, they haven't been. They don't gel together yeah. as, as nice as we'd like to, or as, as well as they did last season. Yeah. Certainly, I think. Do you think it's a? Gr- I don't want to say greed thing. It's, they do like each other. Do you think it's just a chemistry thing, or do you think with Richarlison he just wants to? He sort of the, wants to be the one who texts everyone and, and scores himself rather than lay it off to Dom. Yeah, I think I think it's a chemistry thing. To be honest with you, I you know I'm the same as I'm sure most people are. I don't subscribe to this. They don't like each other. They don't get along. Stuff because they clearly do. You know, Richarlison was the first person to you know jump all over Dom when he scored the other day. Yeah. And you can see. It. I think with Richarlison, I get it. I get the frustration with him when he goes off and he looks a bit you know annoyed and he's he's sulking a little bit. I understand that, but I also try and put myself in Richarlison's boots and to think this lad is a is a winner, he's a competitor, he wants to win, he wants to score, he wants to get involved and he is probably sitting there now thinking I've got four games to go, I've not had a great season, I want to start, I want to at least end it on a high. So I understand, you know, where, where, where fans are saying about the fact that 
you know, his attitude mightn't be, you know, right, or he might seem a little bit selfish, but in your strikers, you want that little bit of selfishness. I get that sometimes there's a better option, and there was on a couple of occasions against West Ham, same reason, same way as there was a couple of better options for Dominic Calvert-Lewin to play Richarlison in, it was the same, it wasn't just Richarlison not giving it to Dom, there was a couple yeah. where Dom could have given it to Richarlison and he didn't, and I get, you know, like I said, I get there's a, I think there's a fine line between being purely selfish and just having that competitive sort of edge mm. to you that you want to you want to do as good as you want to do, and I've, I said it. I said it on our, one of our teams earlier on today. I've had it in Sunday League where I've been playing really, really well. We've been winning four or five nil. I've been playing up top. I haven't quite scored, but I've known sort of it's coming, it's coming. And then you get taken off, and for the first couple of minutes, you're a bit. Oh, why have I been taken off? I fancied that there. I fancied myself for a goal, but then after that, two, three minutes later, you're all right. You sound. You're going. Oh yeah, we're winning. This is brilliant. This. So. I just think, I don't think Richarlison hides the fact that he wants to be involved, he wants to score goals, he wants to be sort of the centre of attention. I do think, I think it's a chemistry thing, to be honest. I think what hasn't helped them both this season is the fact that they haven't played as as a strike partnership for more than, what, two or three games this season. Last season, let's not forget Richarlison at the end of last season. Dominic Calvert-Lewin didn't score a goal in those nine remaining games. Mm-hmm. Richarlison, pretty much, I don't want to say saved our season because we got nowhere, but, you know, he was the goal scorer. Don was playing off him. Um, and if we'd have had the Richarlison of last season or the season before, 16, 15, 16 goals, then again, who knows where it would be this season. We, we can't really afford to for Richarlison to have had a bad season because we don't have the goals in the squad. If we, like, yeah. if we had, if you know, let's say Hammers had 10, uh, Awobi had 7, uh, Alan had 6, Decore had 7, um, Dean had 6, Coleman had 6, then you could say, right, well, that makes up for Richarlison's missed goals, so it's not... It doesn't mean not it doesn't mean as much, but you could sort of get away with it a little bit more. Richardson can't get away with having a season like he's had because we don't have the goals in the rest of the team. We simply don't. But I do think going forward, for me, if you can play them off each other, if you can play them as a strike partnership, I think you'll see the best out of them. And mm. I think you could see a strike partnership that scores you 40, 50 goals a season. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's only going to get better. He scored 21 goals this season. So let's just say... Let's just say, for argument's sake, he scores 25, 26 next season. If you've got Richarlison then scoring 15, 16, 17... You know, you've got a, you've got hmm. two strike, you've got strikers there that are scoring 40 goals in a, in a season for you. That's so vitally important. But I just think the thing that's let them down is a couple of things, really. I think Richarlison's poor season and the fact that we've had to play so many different styles, so many different formations, so many different tactics through injury, through loss of form and I just think that lack of consistency with the te- you know the the squad and the team and the way the team in which we play uh, hasn't hasn't helped either of them but look for me like you said there's a real opportunity to get the best out of both players there by by playing them next to each other and getting that chemistry. I think Carlo, David and Duncan Ferguson need to get in the summer, sit the pair of them down and say you two are a partnership, you're a duo. You're not one good striker and another good striker, you're a duo together, you need to work off each other. Imagine you've got, in the summer, you sign a right winger who's belting down the wing, loads of mm. pace, takes players on, puts the ball in. You've got maybe a left winger doing the same, you've got Hammers in the 10 and mm. you've got them two off each other. Yeah. Imagine the goals that we could score. Well, you mentioned the, the goals from midfield and the rest of the score, <laughs> which has been been a problem for a few seasons. Certainly yeah. the last two seasons, uh, we were looking in the summer thinking... There was like, there's a couple of goals from Iwobi, a couple, of, I think a goal or two from Bernard, and the rest of them. Sigerson didn't really score much last season. Um, I think he scored a penalty against Leicester, didn't he? Yeah. <coughs> and the, 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 and it's been the same this season. Decor, obviously, Decore is one who we looked at, thinking he might come in, he might score six or seven. Um, 
think he scored three, has he? Yeah. Something like that across the whole season. It's fair enough because he's not been allowed to really go forward as we like as we could not have that proper uh, home midfielder who can sit yeah. back and allow Alan and Decore can get and on the pitch. And he's been out injured as well. For exactly. Twelve weeks. Um, so that's that's a that for me. Well, we'll talk about midfielders now. Um, someone for me, a signing for me, we need to make is someone who can a bit like Decore who can get up the pitch, box to box, covers a lot of grounds. Um, Runs around the pitch all game. We can add a few goals to the squad because that's our problem. We're not getting enough goals from elsewhere. We should be at least looking at ten a season from from the from defence, yeah. twenty from twenty or twenty five at least from the midfield, and obviously you said forty or fifty from from the strike partnership across all competitions. So, what would be your ideal centre midfield this season? Oh, this summer. Sorry. This summer going into next season. Well, I agree completely. I I think we need. Obviously, we, we know we need a right-back, we know we need a right-winger. Um, but in terms of centre midfielders, I think we do need another player in that Decore mould. There's obviously a lot of names being thrown out there. We were linked with Anguisa from Fulham um, yeah. a couple of days ago, Saturday night. We've been, you know, we haven't been linked with, but I'd like us to be linked with Eves Basuma from uh, Brighton. Yeah. Neither of them are really going to score you an awful lot of goals. I just want a midfielder who picks the ball up and runs forward. And we've seen Alan doing it over... We'd seen Alan doing it on, on uh, Sunday, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think that was because he looked over his shoulder and thought, right, Tom Davis is behind me, so he'll cover any ground that I that I come forward. But Alan, Alan's almost got the... And he, he's shown on Sunday, he's got the ability to pick the ball up, take it round the player and make a burst and run forward. But he hasn't necessarily, at least shown this season, he's got the ability to then lace his foot through it and rifle yeah. it into the top. If you can mix Alan and Gilfie Sigurdsson together, you'd have a great midfielder. Um, he's the he's he's the he's a little bulldog centre midfielder. Yeah, he, he wants to go chase excellent. the ball and win the ball. He's not so he's not like a <coughs> Ducore. I suppose he's been I suppose he's been doing that because we've been missing Ducore. He's been picking yeah, up the ball absolutely. and I'm the only one going to. And get it forward, which is which is brilliant. But ultimately, he's shown he's come into the team. He was excellent for the first few months of the season. Yeah, he's twenty nine yeah. years old and he got a hamstring injury that yeah. kept him out for three months. Now he come back into the team five weeks ago, six weeks ago, and everybody I've seen people saying, "Oh, I don't know what what's happened to Alan. Alan's gone down the pot. Alan, Alan looks awful." Well, yeah, he's because brilliant. he's twenty nine years old and he'd been yeah. out for three months with an hamstring injury. He was always going to need four, five, six games to get back to match fitness. And that's why I'm quite happy Ancelotti persisted with playing him, even though when he come back into the team after that injury, he was sort of being ran ragged. He yeah. was being ran round by opposition players. He knew he needed that that game time to get him back up to scratch. And on Sunday, he was world-class, mate. Which, let's not forget, and Alan, that's not a peak fitness or a peak ability, offers a lot more than... Yeah. Without, without sounding harsh, Andre Gomez. Yeah, absolutely. Or Gilvy Sigurdsson at times. Obviously, Gilvy Sigurdsson's numbers would um, sort of go against that, I suppose. But well, um, Gilfie is a he's a different type of player, isn't he? He's a, a creator. Yeah. He's like a Hammers, but not yeah. as much flair and ability as Hammers. I, I, I like I like Sigurdsson as I a do. playing off the striker as a split striker yeah. or a number ten. Higher up the pitch, we didn't have to run. He's got legs around him. He's brilliant. But when you put him in that in the midfield role, when he has to get back, like uh, when he played against mm. Arsenal, he was spent most of his time trying to get back and defend. Gilfie Sigurdsson really will be doing most of his work in the opposition box. Yeah, he can score goals. He's good with his feet. Not. In the doing what Alan does or next to Alan, I think the only player that's shown in recent weeks that he can pick the ball up like Alan does is, is Tom Davis. Yeah, exactly. He's the only player Absolutely. that progresses the ball forward. Obviously, Decore does when he comes back in. So yeah, no, I, I he's brilliant, Alan. He is. He's, he's absolutely fantastic. And for me, for the rest of this season, it's it's Alan, Decore, and and Davis going yeah. into next season. 
it's it's hard to pick out names because there's there's so many you know players that have, have got that ability and you know that pick a ball up and run with it and can take players on and can score but you know ultimately it's it's, it's difficult because we're, we're talking about having Abdullah the Corain Allen in the midfield next season plus Hammers being in there when he's fit and then still needing another centre midfielder so it's tough but we just need energy, mate. We need legs. We need players that can get about the pitch. We're gonna have to like the core. He's not technically yeah. the most unbelievable footballer, but because of the energy, yeah, brings, it makes a massive difference. He's the most important player in this squad, arguably. Well, it, it, even then, we've not allowed him to play. If you watch him against Watford, um, he has the two older midfielders behind him. I think it was Will Hughes, and at times it would have would have been cleverly as well behind yeah. him. But obviously, he had he had the. Um, cover behind him to allow him to get forward and make runs into the box and we've not seen that from him this season because we've had um, it's been playing a sort of defensive role so much this season filling out right back at, um, to allow Coleman to get forward yeah. or so to bring in another player like him and, and to, to be honest bringing in a, a number six for me um, someone who can who can sit and protect the back four and allow Allen to go go win yeah. the ball like the little dog he is and get allow uh, Decore to go forward I suppose that's what Tom Davies can do for us the towards the end of the season so well but we've seen links to is it Bubakari Samari this week yeah. it seems like he's going Leicester isn't it that seems like a done deal 30 million but he, he would have been perfect big fast um, athletic box to box player I, I think someone like him would have been amazing but I suppose you have to so you have to go and get him secured before the uh, before all the other team all the other clubs go after them because yeah. they are such high demand players and obviously Leicester went after him, got him. Well, it looks like they've gone after him and got him secured. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, look, if, if Leicester City are after a player, you know that that they usually yeah. a very good player. Leicester City's recruitment in recent years has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, they know, know what they're doing, don't they? They, they, they know they, they're spot on, mate. They know exactly what they're doing. They sell they sell their big assets, the Mares, the Kante, the uh, Maguire, and, and just as the fans think, oh, well, why are we selling our best players? Well, the recruitment is unbelievable. They sold Maguire, they brought in Fafana, who's been absolutely phenomenal this season. The, Young. Go on. They're being that sort of step-up club that... They across the park where we were for quite a few years and, and we were consistent. We just didn't have the yeah. money to bring better players back in, but, but it worked well for us. And it's look how it's done for Lille as well. They're exactly. at the top of the French league and Dortmund's been that sort of step up club that, for a long that's time. And lights big and yeah. yeah. That's Dortmund's Dortmund's F- sort of philosophy, philosophy say, is yeah. to bring players in. Erlen Haaland knows he's not going to be there in three yeah. years. Jude Bellingham knows he's not going to be there in five years. Mm-hmm. Jaden Sancho knows he's not, but they bring them in and they make them a success. And that's what Leicester have done. Leicester have accepted that, okay, we might be a club that players come to progress and then ultimately leave. But if those players, when they're progressing, are bringing quality and are bringing ability, then mm-hmm. by definition, we're going to be finishing in the European places. They'll finish in a Champions League place this season. I firmly believe they will. They won the league a couple of years ago. Like I said, they sold Maguire, they brought in Fafana, they sold Kante, they brought in Ndidi, Tielmans, who's absolutely excellent. I wanted Tielmans when he was playing in Belgium. Absolutely yeah. excellent footballer. They brought in... Look at James Justin as well. It cost him nothing. Exactly. And then they've got the academy well. players coming through, Harvey Barnes, who was mm. technically a, a fantastic footballer. So, as soon as I've seen Leicester... We're linked with Samari. I wanted Bubakari Samari anyway, um, but as soon as I seen Leicester, we're linked with him. I thought, well, that pretty much solidifies that he's he's a he's a very yeah. very good footballer. And you know which players from Leicester will be moving on next? James Madison, yeah. he'll be out probably United in the next couple of years, yeah. or like Chelsea or someone. And um, Tielemans, he'll probably go off to City <coughs> or somewhere in the next couple of years. He's he's, he's a real yeah. talent. Harvey, Harvey Barnes, he'll might end up going to yeah. Liverpool one day. Indeed, exactly, he'll probably end up at PSG or something. <coughs> but they'll keep bringing the yeah. the younger players in. 
and they'll keep being a successful team that finish in the yeah. higher positions in the Premier League. I suppose that's a model we have to look at and go, why aren't Everton sort of not doing exactly the same thing, but why aren't we going after more of these? We've seen players like Nkonku and Branthwaite coming in, why, yeah. why aren't there more of these players? We've passed up players like ben, Sangari and yeah. players like, I know Lampsy's not been, obviously been injured quite a long time and Lampsy's more for a, a right wing back than a right back, but players like these that are young and hungry. But I suppose Godfrey was... That sort of yeah. um, player, that, and it's a player that I, not a centre back, but it's the so, same type of player I want to go see and us sign in the summer. Yeah. Young, hungry, athletic, um, and most importantly, pace. Yeah. Because there's no pace in our squad. And massive, physical, it, big, it, exactly. rock solid, immovable. But the thing is, is Everton need to start looking at, instead of looking at these, Everton, we, we know as a football club, we can't buy the best of the best. We can't go out and buy Kevin De Bruyne. We can't go out and buy, you know, uh, I was going to say Lionel Messi, then yeah. probably called Barcelona, probably. We can't buy the best. We can't buy Mbappe. We can't buy Haaland. We can't buy that best level. So we need to avoid going after the players that were probably up there with the best seven or eight years ago. And in the last mm. seven or eight years, I've had injury after injury after injury after injury, not really interested in yeah. coming to Everton and making us a success because they've already been there. Probably just looking, thinking, I'll get a decent payday there. I might sell a few shirts. Um, and yeah, we need to avoid... I know we've brought in Hammers and it sort of goes against this philosophy, yeah. but Hammers is the exception. You can have a Hammers Rodriguez in your team. You can't have seven, eight, nine Hammers Rodriguez in your team. Because there's, there's no there's, there's no hunger. There's no, no hunger is exactly, exactly. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. We need to I'd rather go after the players that have not again, I said this the other week, I don't just mean any championship player, any player in the lower league who is just just any player. Obviously they've got to have quality, they've got to have ability, but I'd rather go after the players with quality and ability in the lower leagues or in the different leagues around Europe that aren't quite at that Champions League level yet, but definitely will be within two or three years, 100% will be, than go after the players that have been at the Champions yeah. League level, but in the last two or three years have had constant injuries are getting to that age where they're coming towards the end and they've not got any real motivation any fire in their belly like Coutinho we said that last week he's, yeah. what 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 in, what fire does he have in his belly to come to Everton Sergio Aguero we were linked with What where's Sergio Aguero's motivation if he wins the Champions League with City he'll have won everything with City what's his motivation yeah. to come to Everton they'd be coming for a final contract really wouldn't they? You, mentioned, you mentioned players that are Will be good enough to get in the Champions League, but aren't there yet? So they come to Everton. They come to a team like Everton, which they did for years or less than now, to prove that they can. Yeah. So like Leon Bailey, he's not going straight to Liverpool or straight to straight to Man City. Oh, Liverpool are not <laughs> certainly not that team when they were anymore. But before they go to United or the Cities or the Barcelona or yeah. Madrid, they come to a team like Everton. Like the Kaku, they'll come. I know he's already at Chelsea, but and we come to Everton, prove that he can do it in the Premier League for a good team, proved he yeah. could do it in Europe and then he got his big move to United and obviously now he's just won the, the Italian League with yeah. with, with, uh, with Inter. Yeah. So f- players like Leon Bailey, young, hungry, pace, pace athletic, um, they want to come prove they can do it in the Premier League at a good club like Everton, get us into Europe um, and then all the, all the big teams go down and look at them. Like, players like Richarlison, Richarlison. If, I know not been great this season but Richarlison, the last, last season, the season before, um, you think he's going to go to Barcelona, Barcelona one day or, somewhat, or something so he, he'll prove that he can, he can get a team like Everton into Europe um, get unbelievable numbers prove he can do it at the top level prove he can do it against the best teams and he'll get his move and we'll, go, we'll get the, 
the big money for him. He's got us into Europe, so we've benefited from it, and we'll go get the next Richarlison. Yeah. Well, we'll put it this way: if I was to say to to everybody watching, would you rather Everton? I'm not going to name names, but would you rather Everton go out in the summer and sign five players who are young, hungry, athletic, got that fire in the belly? But I'm I, I'll say to you now: we go out and we sign those five players in the summer, and then. Four years' time, they all leave. No matter how good mm. they are, they've all improved, but they all leave. But We're, they leave with Everton in the Champions League yeah, and exactly. Everton as a consistent challenging in Europe. Or would you rather go out and buy five players who come in that have been in the Champions League before but have had injuries recently and in five years we're no further along than where we are now? And after selling those young, hungry players, we've got we 200 million to go get yeah. the next young, hungry lot. That's it. Well, what, what we need to do is we need to get to a position where we're a consistent challenge in Europe, we're a consistent challenge in the Champions League, let's be honest, because that's the club's ambition, that's what the club yeah. keeps saying. And then when we get to that position, a bit like where Leicester will be if they, if they can continue their form, then we look at the the players that we've got and we think, right, how can we keep these players? How can we turn this team into a champions a championship winning team, a Premier League winning team, not a championship, a Premier League winning team, a Champions mm. League winning team? Yeah. We can't go from 10th or 12th in the Premier League so how do we turn this 12th in the Premier League team to a Champions League winning team? Because mm. it doesn't. It's that you've got to be able to crawl before you can run. And at the moment, we've got no legs. So let's grow a pair of legs and let's do the natural progression, which is bring these players in. Even if we're bringing players in and we say to them, five years at time, you might be playing for Man City, you might be playing for Barcelona, you might be playing for Real Madrid. But in five years' time, you'd have taken us into the Champions League places. And look at, look at what Potts did for a team like Tottenham, who were basically... <coughs> They, they, what, what, when you were growing up, what were Tottenham? They were rubbish. They've finished below us. They were always around um, us in my my early teens, but they, they were nothing. Club Pochettino to come in, he turned to get young, hungry players who can you know, like, um, they want to take that next step up into um, basically a step up club. They got young, hungry players, pacey. They had talent. Um, they players like Kane coming through, and he got he got them into Europe in Champions League, and then they backed it up by Champions League every season. And I know they didn't sp- spend a lot of money over the past few years, but look at—they've suddenly—they're a super elite team. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they've suddenly become a, like a, like a really big um, club, and it's like shock to see them not in the top four or top at least top six or, th- or something. They're a big six team. What were they ten years ago? Well, that's it. And it's, I- it's come from back to back European success. That's it. And the thing is, with with being a step up club, we don't want to be a step up club who players come to play and then leave and we still stay in the same position but the reality of the situation is if a player comes to Everton Football Club does well for three years and leaves the club is going to have done well the team is going to have done well we're going to be in a better position so if you're mm. sitting here saying can Everton bring in I don't know let's say Leon Bailey this summer and I'm not going to tell you what happens for the next three years but Leon Bailey moves to Barcelona in three years time that tells me that Leon Bailey's been absolutely excellent for Everton and if we bring in more players like that who, who leave in five years time Everton are going to be in a much better position in the league mm. so we, we it's not being a step up club to the point where players come don't really care do well and leave and we stay in the same position mm. for us to be a step up club it must mean that We've improved as a club. We've gotten to a position where we're challenging. We Everton need to look at being, even if we finish in Europe this season, which will be great, it'll be brilliant, it'll be dead good and we'll all be made up. That doesn't mean we're a consistent European team. Let's not mm. get it twisted. Let's not just think that if we finish in the Europa League at the end of the season or the Conference League, that's it. Then that it's means gotta, that Everton... have got to be back to You've got to do it? it. You've got to do it three years on the bounce. Let's, let's Again, small steps. Let's become a team that finish in the Europa League three, four years on the bounce. 
because that's the next step effectively mm. it's no good finishing in it this season getting knocked out in the group stage next season and then finishing 12th again it means nothing it meant nothing when Ronald Koeman done it. it meant nothing when Roberto Martinez done it we need to be a consistent team in Europe and finishing in there once doesn't make you that finishing in there season in season out season in season out makes you that and look like I said we need to we need to sign the right players at the right stages in the career with the right hunger the right fight the right you know want to win and like like Ben Goffrey like you said the team of Ben Goffrey's hmm. I suppose the Europa Conference League can be if we can get that um, maybe get uh, Europa League the next season or Conference League again that's that's obviously our uh, the past three years or the past three times we got into the Europa League we've been pretty awful haven't we, to be honest we've been yeah we've been terrible we get into the Conference League and we we, we could easily come and win that yeah, well, easily. It, I think the thing is, is certainly the last two times we've been in the Europa League, we finished in there under Cumin, didn't we? We were awful. Yeah, we got knocked terrible. out on the group stage, and we didn't do oh, very. You know, we didn't do much better. I'm getting, in the getting flashbacks to. Um, oh, it was horrible to At- Atalanta and, and 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 is it Leon? Leon, yeah, yeah. where Ashley Williams just decided that he's going to just spark everyone. Else. Yeah, that that bloke in um with the bait with, with the, in Lower Gladys. Yeah, with the, the kid with the child. He's Come on then. That was the kid in his hand. It was one of my darkest days as an Evertonian that because yeah. it, it very literally Williams. got to the point then where the players just went, Do you know what? We're just gonna scrap because we can't be bothered playing football. Yeah. But even that season, like I said, we got knocked out of Europe early on. All of that joy and elation and you know, excitement of the season before finishing in Europe. I remember going and watching us in Croatian and split thinking, Yes, I can't wait for more of these days, I can't wait to go away more with Everton and we got bounced in every in, in every group stage game. And even the Martinez season where we done relatively well in the Europa League, I think we got to the quarter final against yeah. Kiev, was it? And Yarmolenko tore bits out of us. Um the our league form was drastic. It was horrible, it was awful. So I don't want if you were to say to me, right Cam, Everton finishing the Europa League next season, um you go out in the quarter final even semi-final you go out in the semi-final and you finish 13th 14th in the Premier League I'd say well what what does that do for us mm. because it, unless you win it it doesn't really mean I've never been a fan of this we had a good cut run a good cut run is winning the cup if you get to the final and lose it's the same as losing in the second round you've still lost mm. you still haven't won it and if your league form is going to drastically um, you know plummet because of you, because of being in the European competition it shows you your squad isn't good enough so if we finish in Europe we have to go out and invest to the level where we can compete in both the league and the and the Europa League or the the Conference League, whichever one we're playing in next season, I don't want to be sitting here this time next season saying, "Well, we've been like like Arsenal, well, we've been knocked mm. out of the Europa League in the semi final, which means nothing really, and we're probably going to struggle to finish within the top ten in the Premier yeah. League." Look at Arsenal fans now; they they want Arteta out, they want him gone. They don't think it's been a good enough season, and it hasn't by their standards. If you're not going to win the competition, then it hasn't. It's not a good cut run because you haven't won it. If you if you if we go out in the semi final of it and finish sixth or fifth, then yeah, yep. sound. Go again next season. That's it. But if we finish eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, and go out in the semi final, then has that been a successful season? Mm. No, in my opinion. So we need serious investment this summer. Either way, either yeah. to get us into guarantee us Europe next season if we don't finish in it this season, or to guarantee we can perform in the league and Europe next season. Well, th- this summer will be massive. Certainly, massive. if you want to. Obviously, we're moving to the, to the new stadium in the next three or four years. So to get in, get a good summer, get into Europe, and because we don't want to, we don't be, we don't want to be still where we are going into the new stadium. We no. want to be like, oh, we've had two seasons in Europa League, or we're in the Champions League. We've yeah. had a few years backed up with a, in Europe, so we're 
Well, the club said it themselves, didn't they? They want to be in the Champions League when we move yeah. to the new stadium. They yeah. want to be challenging for the Premier League title. Carlo Ancelotti hasn't come in for us to be a mid-table team. He's come in to be back yeah. and to, to take Everton into the consistent Champions League challenging team. And you might laugh at that now. And you might say, oh, you need to sort our own record out first. And that's fine. And, that, and these are all the issues that everybody at the club has to deal with. The Calvert-Lewin Richardson issue we just spoke about, that's something that Duncan Ferguson, and David and Carlo are going to have to sit down in the summer and say to the pair of them, you're a partnership, you work together. The transfers, Marcel Brands is going to have to sit down with Carlo and figure that out. It's, it's you know, again, we don't want to be in the same situation in three, four years' time as, as to that we're in now. Well, I don't think we will be either, by the way. But. When, we're, when, we're, when we're moving stadium... Amazon Prime will make a documentary about a mid-table team. That's it. That's it. Have, we want our Amazon Prime documentary. Look what it did. It's Tottenham on with Billy. Imagine Everton done an Amazon Prime. It would be an absolute car oh, yeah. crash, wouldn't it? I don't think I could watch it. You know, I honestly don't. I just oh, think you'd feel like you. Oh no, no, too much. Th- that's what I mean. I, yeah. I just feel like I'd, I just get too annoyed that there'd like, be something there that I just, even if it was like. I don't know. Yeah, you the get strands on a match day or something. Yeah. I just get dead annoyed. I why, love are they, watching... why are they eating sweets on a match day? That's it. I love watching the the other ones because I don't really care about their clubs yeah. or what they do. But I just think everything would piss me off if they so like one. The Tottenham one. It's like oh, they show you the players scrapping in the changing room because yeah. they want to win, and I was be like other players would just be like. That's it. After three 0 shaking three nil loss, going yeah. That's it. Like, shaking that. It, it, I don't know. I'd, I'd love it, but I'll, I'd, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't love it on another hand. I don't know if I could watch it. Yeah, big big summer for us. So absolutely. Let's let's just go and prove our um, our desire. Obviously, we got um, we got a game this Thursday. Obviously, we said uh, three wins for you, really, isn't it? And hopefully, Tottenham's fixtures go our way. As in, as in, they drop a lot of points. Which they look or at least like. drop some points, yeah. which is which is is a uh, is possible. So are are you feeling obviously Watkins? Yeah, out with the out with the ban. Two yellow cards, obviously got sent off for a blatant dive, which has come by the way, it's come from nowhere. Suddenly decided to book players for diving now. Where's where's this been with Mo Salah? Yeah, <laughs> for the past couple of years. It, it, it's it with some players and with some clubs, it's um it's. Being clever, yeah. trying to win a foul cleverly, and other clubs, it's it's diving and decepting yeah, the referee. It was, it was a blatant dive, but oh, it was it was awful. So I suppose that's a obviously last season they were stuck with it was a Wesley up front, yeah, and they had you know they had a player like Grealish who created more chances than anyone but Kevin De Bruyne I think last season, but they finished seventeenth because they didn't have that striker. So I think going into Thursday, I think Ollie Watkins is a big miss for Villa, yeah, and a big opportunity to. Opportunity for the goal to to go to go there and keep a clean sheet, try and make the three points, and that would be because yeah, I mean, what's the what's the point in even fighting for Europe if you can't beat Sheffield United and Wolves at home, especially with fans <laughs> in the stadium for Wolves? Yeah. But that Villa game is such a big opportunity now. Ollie Watkins is out, and a, it's a massive game. So, are you are you feeling confident for Thursday? Do you think we can go go and get three points, especially after the performance against West Ham? I am confident, mate, I am. I'm confident because we're away from home. And like I said, I think we're a completely different team away from home. But I'm also confident because I've got this blind loyalty to Everton, which in my heart is telling me, surely, you know, we've, we've already had about 45 opportunities to, to put in a decent run of form this season after we've won big games away surely we can't throw another one surely we've got to just go and yeah. win a, a game win two consecutive games on the bounce and look the reality of the situation is like you said Tottenham need to drop points and they made drop points you know your Leicesters your Liverpools your West Ham's etc 
doesn't matter for anything if Everton don't go and win all of our games. Absolutely. Tottenham could Tottenham could lose at the weekend. Um, you know, Liverpool could lose, West Ham could lose. If we lose on Thursday, it doesn't really matter, does it? That's what the last couple of games, certainly the West Ham game, I found myself not really worrying about other team results if Everton have lost because I've sat there and gone, yeah. doesn't matter because we've thrown in anyway, so it doesn't matter how these teams get on. We haven't helped ourselves. And the same when we win, I've sort of gone, well, we've won, we've done all we can do. So it doesn't, you know, that is, is out of our control. Um, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming out, to be honest, at the end of the last game and saying, basically, we're sick of talking about how we need to keep the momentum going and we, you know, we're not yeah. focusing on anyone else. We're just focusing on the next game. I think that is nice to hear. And look, ultimately, like you said, Ollie Watkins, who a week or so ago absolutely ran riot round our defence, yeah. had them on toast all day. And don't get me wrong, obviously, we don't know the situation with Yeri Mina yet. Um, the assumption is that if he if he's picked up an injury, he's probably going to be out, which is which is yeah. disappointing. If, if it's just groin, it'll be the season now because it should be six weeks where you groin. We, yeah. we already rushed him back in. It was groin last time, wasn't it? When he yeah. overstretched. And he's and he was he was brilliant against West Ham. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. He's a ball magnet. Class. So there's that little bit of a worry for Trooper. me, but. Listen, Everton, again, I know Villa are a good team and I know Villa beat us last week, but again, if we want to be seen as a team that are finishing in Europe and are real competitor in Europe, then you have to beat, you know, you have to beat Aston Villa. The other two games, no excuse for whatsoever. City at the end of the season can be a free hit, but this is arguably, you know, the biggest and most important game of our season. I know we said that last week and I know we've said that multiple times before, but this this is it now. There's no room for slipping. If we slip up on Thursday... I think that's done then. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, think it's done. It has, it has to be three wins. It's, it's got to be. I'm, I'm, I don't know if this makes sense. I'm feeling confident, <coughs> but when I feel confident and I think Everton can go nick a win, as I every time I predict Everton to win on me on my predictor, we get beat. <laughs> um, obviously, other games you think we you know, Burnley, West Ham, Leeds, yeah. all these games at home, Newcastle, you think we go and win, we get beat. So I'm feeling confident, but that sort of makes me nervous in a way. It makes me feel like, oh no, it's another game where I'm feeling confident. We should be <laughs> expecting to win and probably go and lose. bottle it, yeah. Well, what gives me confidence is the fact that after the Arsenal game, we, we sat here on the podcast, didn't we? And we said it was a it was a nil-nil and ended yeah. one-nil. It wasn't a good performance whatsoever. It really wasn't. The goal was... And they were missing the strikers They were well, missing, yeah. They? The goal was shocking that we scored. We'll take it, but it was shocking. Goalkeeper mistake. Uh, and yet, we, we just weren't great whatsoever. They weren't great yeah. either, but we weren't great. It's, Whereas, I think against West Ham, I think we were good. I think we were decent. Yeah. We defended well. We were clever. We didn't make any stupid mistakes, which we did against... We were solid. We against, out-tacticked them, ultimately. Yeah. We made stupid mistakes against Palace, yeah. Tottenham, Villa. Villa. Don't go out and make any stupid mistakes. Yeah. Europe's on the line, and I think we we can hit three points. I'll probably sound like an idiot now if we go <laughs> and get beat two or three nil or something. But that that'd be down to our that ourselves really, yeah. won't it? So yeah, I'm I'm feeling confidently unconfident, <laughs> unconfidently confident. I'm confident, but I'm not. That like, that makes me feel a bit nervous. Like Everton, uh, consistently inconsistent. Yeah, exactly. We're such a weird team. You don't know which Everton's going to turn. That's the problem. That's it. Have a That's really it. good us or the really Bad really us. poor us. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Thanks for listening to the Tovey TV Everton podcast. Thanks to Cam once again for joining us from the Mighty Blues. Go out and check out his channel. Uh, if you want more videos, including live exclusive videos, then ho- head over to Patreon. Yeah, thanks very much for watching, and see you later.